Ah! Jesus! Criminy! Well, if you hear that, clearly that means we're back in the saddle for uh, a hawk rock talk, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. So what's a hawk rock talk? Well, I'm glad you asked. And if you didn't ask, who fucking cares? You're going to find out right now. Welcome to the answer, shithead. Welcome to the answer. I almost want to. I almost think it's like its own separate show. It's like, welcome to the answer room, shithead. <laughs> I'm Dirk. He's Greg, and you're listening to the answer room. You big shithead. Go to hell oh. and listen to what we're saying. Yeah. Oh, and that, if we did that, Jeff, mm-hmm. we would we be the be top. Finally, making money. We would be the top <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Around if we just played these characters where we're just absolute shitheads, the oh, money God, would yeah. roll in. We are too nice to be successful. We are too nice and to be. And we're not that nice. And we're that's not the other part. <laughs> that's the thing. We are not nice. <laughs> Let me uh, crack open a good old soda dad here. Ooh. Oh, this, multiplying as we this speak. This is hard dad, though. That's the that's seltzer version. Dad, yeah. Exactly. But we are uh, 108.9 The Hawk, but not in character. I am Jeff Garlock. This is the real people. Yeah. The real people people. behind the scenes. I'm Jason Gore. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Hawk Rock Talk. And if you're hearing this for the first time, you're like, wait, wait, these are the real guys. They're not in character. Wait, they've done this before. They've talked about classic rock before. Yeah, we have. Wait. Well, Their character voices are sometimes very close to the real voices. What is going on? How they really (laughs) sound and act in real life. Um, yeah, this is Hawk Rock Talk, and we've done other episodes of this. We've done a Queen episode that's great. Um, we've done a Genesis episode that's great. We've done two Van <laughs> Halen episodes. I'm waiting episodes. to find out which one didn't turn out too good. That was They were <laughs> stellar. We did two Kiss episodes, which I, I really truly think that second Kiss, the without makeup, uh-huh. that's the top of the crop, right? That's the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop right, with your cock and kiss. Right there. When, uh, yeah. you know, just to like get through heavens on fire and all that stuff. But we might outdo ourselves today, Jeff. We might outdo ourselves today. Because ladies and... I'll say this with today. Uh, there has not been a Hawk Rock talk yet where I haven't left at least on par with where I was or... Gain some level of appreciation. Mm -hmm. This might be the episode (laughs) that I where you have no appreciation. Stay on par and lose even more appreciation. And and I'll say, and it's not a battle. This is a very you are not trying to prove to me why you enjoy parts of this band. I'm proving nothing. I'm here with open ears and open heart. But open farts right on this band. Here is what I have learned from our Hawk Rock Talk journey thus far, Jeff. If you are listening to the records, I will get texts from you if there's something <laughs> that you like. Like Queen. Yeah. Like Queen, yeah. you were pleasantly surprised on so much of it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives me an idea of what the Hawk Rock Talk is going to be. Yes. When I get text messages for the past few days, because we just, I mean, we had, we were going to record this a few months ago, yeah. but then we just kind of held off on it for a little bit. And, um, we kind of, uh, I had already done a lot of the work in terms of listening to the Aerosmith records and, uh, you just blew through them over the past oh, I few blew. days. 
past few days, nothing but. Much to the detriment of your marriage. Did not help my marriage. Right. Uh, never psyched Aerosmith was on. Yeah. Um, and she puts up with a lot of crazy genre yeah. and everything. Right. But I, 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 I could see right away one reason why I don't listen to much Aerosmith beyond myself well you is yeah. it does not fly with my wife <laughs> so you didn't get your wings christy didn't did get her not. wings she certainly did not get her wings. i will say uh, i would like to take yeah. a brief moment here jeff if you will mm-hmm. to say thank you to christy and Kristen. yes uh saints for putting up with us our entire lives. For putting up with us not only for our entire <laughs> lives. Yes. But also for 108.9 The Hawk. Oh, God, yeah. Because um, they have to go lot. through a little bit extra. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. You know, though, it's, it's about- maybe at some point there might be a way for people to help us out. Oh. To help out in a world where this is a lot. That we do put true. a lot of work and put our lives through a lot. You know lot. what, I don't Jeff? Know what let's that... just fucking say what it is. Let's just let's just put the cards you on the table. If you are listening to, to 108.9 The Hawk, Hawk Rock Talk, Aerosmith right now, this is what you're going to get mm-hmm. on the Hawk Patreon, which launches oh. on May 1st, 2023. Bunny Carlos drum solo. Boom. <laughs> I can't even hear that. If you, I know. there was no I sound to see coming if I could through. Do it. But for you listening right now, uh, Jeff was. I was basically trying to just do like, want you to want me, but uh, I'm you were like, I want you to want the Hawk Patreon. Yeah, but we're giving you a little taste here. We've been doing these Hawk Rock Talks, and we did some of these as like bonuses for a while, yeah. and they've been on our free feed because we don't have a Patreon, right. but... It's time, people. It is time. And you, with the Patreon, you're still going to get the episodes on this regular feed. There's just going to be a bunch of extra stuff on yep. the Patreon, like Hawk Rock Talk, uh, which from time to time, you'll still get on this normal Hawk feed, uh, but of you're going to get a lot more of it on the hawk patreon you're gonna get hawk rock talk you're gonna get mm-hmm. album poll you're gonna get album art spark monster hunter a whole what? separate show what? about what happens a radio drama about what happens when art leaves the 108.9 the hawk studio he's our traffic guy he is also a monster hunter and it's going to be its own series as part of the hawk patreon launching on may 1st and uh you were mailbag episodes yes uh, uh possibly some uh zoom hangouts yes also with a, us a new you know you know that we do these episodes called twofers which are basically uh-huh. where it's just me and jeff basically what happens is we didn't get a guest we didn't get and it together, we still though. have to do a show <laughs> and yeah, we do uh so we end up doing all of the voices and everything and all of that but the nice thing about the 10 suggestion shows, you get to send us 10 suggestions and we will pick those randomly out of a hat and use them in the episode. So basically I mean, you're writing 108.9 The Hawk. It already sounds like this thing's oh going to be worth it and more. I just bought a DeLorean because I know 
Yeah. And one of the new ones that looks nothing like a DeLorean. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's really disappointing really? when you get it. Yeah. And it, like, you, you think it's something else. It's like you're looking at the catalog yeah. and you're like, ooh. ooh. Put a but and so this. like we said our long-suffering families yes for the amount of crap we put them through yeah. to make this uh insanely complicated show it's not like, an easy I, show folks we're patting ourselves on our pretty little butts as mm-hmm. we often do it is better <laughs> sounding pretty little butts together. is my favorite uh, alabama song <laughs> Oh, pretty God, little yeah, butts, it or it's Statler. Is that Statler brother? It's pretty little butts. I Walking down the street Statler. with my pretty little butt going. Pretty little butts. Hey, pretty little butts. Walking down like, the street. One brother with a big old beard is saying, "Pretty little butts." He does that. He does that. Papa umpa. It's like pretty little butt. And his beard wraps around his butt. It makes like a little like g string. The prettiest butt. And speaking of the prettiest butts in rock and roll, that's Aerosmith. Ladies and gentlemen, formed in 1970 in Boston, Massachusetts, with Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Ray Tabano, everybody's favorite member of uh, Aerosmith, Ray Tabano. Southie's own Ray Tabano. Southie's own Ray Tabano. See, I have the worst Massachusetts accent. You probably have a you have a good one because you grew up near it. True, and I went to school in Boston, but also part of going to school in Boston is never going near actual Boston people. Okay. Like, you know, all the college section is over there, and then you got Southie. So your college experience is nothing like Goodwill Hunting? Oh, I mean, I was a genius. Well, Um, yeah, okay. I mean, clearly you're doing 108.9 The Hawk. Thank you. (laughs) Pathacon, have it, yeah. <laughs> Aerosmith. Hey, it's me, uh, uh, Joey, Joe Perry. Joe Perry, a, pa- a pack of Bobby Lightsaber guy. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to. Uh, it's me, Ray Tabano. Uh, probably going to get replaced. Hey, the pack of by... can't have it. Yeah, there's the Toxic Twins over there. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Tom Hamilton over there. Uh, see, it's not very good. Uh, but you do yeah, get bassist, bassist uh, Tom Hamilton, Joey Kramer on the drums. Gotta love a Joey Kramer. Gotta love a Kramer. Gotta love a man who's like so far into his career and he's like well i gotta get i got nothing else going on i don't really have a solo career i'm gonna make hot sauce which you can buy in many grocery stores at least i saw it all the time when i lived in new jersey joey kramer's hot sauce has it been covered on hot ones yet i don't know if it has feels like it should if we're ever on hot ones oh god put us on hot ones this, that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point <laughs> of like, our expansion <laughs> of the Hawk, guys. We want the yes. Hawk to be fucking huge enough for us to go on Hot Ones. To get on a popular YouTube show. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> May 1st, the uh, Hawk Patreon. Uh, but uh, J- Tabano was not long for this Aerosmith world, Jeff. No, he was not. Or Tabano. 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 Let's call Only the, on the whole first thing right? off. <laughs> Only on the first record? Uh, he was replaced in 71, so he's not even on okay. the first record. Oh, okay, never mind. The first record. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, guys. Yeah. Aerosmith released on January 5th, 1973. You may know it because it's got this little number on it. And in case you didn't know, on the second pressing of this, they put featuring Dream On very big on the front. That's the I I must I have the second pressing of this on vinyl because it has featuring Dream On 
very huge like because it's shocking it's shocking it's on the it's first shocking. one i mean that it's out of the 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 few shocking things i think for aerosmith mm-hmm. uh, uh is uh, there are a couple songs where you're like definitely thought that was much later right but also dream on is one where i definitely for a very long time thought steven tyler was not singing because as he says he kind of sounds like a muppet on most of the first record he for some reason thought he needed to change his voice and he describes it i believe as a muppet from what i read interesting Um, yeah he said that he changed his voice into the muppet kermit the frog to sound uh more like a blues singer yes okay yeah i don't think that exists here when i listen to this first record um first off i love the first record i mean to come out of the gate with a song like dream on basically in my mind at least as an aerosmith fan uh-huh probably like one of their most legend that's their stairway sure you know what i mean when he when when, when steven that. tyler sits down at the piano and it's like bling 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 you know and the crowd goes nuts a melody he had in his head since like he was eight yeah. because his dad was like a classical musician or some shit and he would lay under the piano while he played and <laughs> according to this mythology he's come up with he wrote this when he was a child have uh, uh have you ever read his autobiography does the noise I in my not. head uh, I, I can't i read remember. the pieces that popped up on wikipedia i believe but no i have not i have i've read a lot of it and then i was listening to the um the audiobook, which is just as insane. It's I haven't read a audio autobiography of a rocker this insane since <laughs> Crazy from the Heat by David Lee Roth. Sure. Hands down. And one right. thing we do have to address right from the start here uh, is, you know, there are the Steven Tyler. I don't even know if you can say allegations much because he talks about it in his book. Just a truth that he's been saying for his entire career yes. and in his songs. Yeah. And just now the world is like, hey, now, tisk tisk. Yeah. And we're like, we should have been tisk tisking all of his life. <laughs> it's like, maybe you guys should have said something about this. Uh, uh, before uh, you know, uh, get your wings came out or uh, yeah, toys in the attic. This was one of the toys Jail in the bait. attic, everybody. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. I, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. Is that the end of Aerosmith right now? It's it's hard to say, but it might should so. be. Uh, yes. I mean, here's the thing, and because yeah. we jumped in pretty quick into the first album. I mean, uh, starting this... You wanted to chew on Aerosmith a little bit more, is what you're saying. Yes, because I do think it's important to just, like, not in, like, a a little bit of a state of the union, Mm -hmm. as we do with these sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, like, for me, because I am interested in, like, when you got into that, like, what part of them you are. Well, let's chew, Jeff. Well, for me, I truly... um, I truly just never liked them. Like, uh, I didn't uh, enjoy their kind of comeback era. Um, uh, I liked the videos because I liked Alicia Silverstone and I was a child, a pre-pub, like getting into puberty child. It very quickly was weird to me that I was like, that's your daughter. That was a very good time to be a very good time. pubescent yes. prepubescent uh youth watching yes. mtv because those videos were the best if you if you Ooh. were a man if you were a boy growing up and you know coming of age in like 
92, 93, and you're watching these videos, you had the biggest crush on Alicia Silverstone. And if you say you didn't, you're fucking lying. And when my when my aunt once said my first girlfriend looks like Alicia Silverstone, I was like, "Thank you, thank you. Aunt. I'll take that. I will take it." Aunt. But uh, I, I, so I real like it's like, and we'll get into this as we keep going. But like they they were the one of the bands. Like I always joke, like half joke, like in your reviews, your five star reviews, tell us what songs were ruined by classic rock. I think like Aerosmith was like pretty quick where like, and we'll see this as we go through the records. There are many, like I can't jump over the hurdle of, even if I can say this is a good song of theirs that I could listen to it beyond. God damn. This is like one of the 20 songs that gets played on 99 rock WPLR. Well, I think all the, yeah. the time. Yeah. And, and I also, it's like re, I, we, we kind of started talking about this with kiss but I've realized, like, as we do these Hawk Rock Talks, as we keep doing the Hawk and kind of exploring our relationship with rock and roll and classic rock especially, I've realized because I'm a man of extremes, not the band extreme, but sure, them sometimes too, it does seem like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, and there's all obviously outliers, but the stuff that is like either way too mm-hmm. soft or way too hard is usually what I gravitate towards like mm-hmm. extra complicated and annoying. <laughs> like even when it comes to classic rock, AKA Prague, right? Like, or like Steve Winwood, like super, like getting kind and like yeah, BGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm starting up uh, while you see a chance right there though. Right. Yeah, and we've yeah, said yeah, how yeah, yeah. like the more middle of the road, I'm interested in exploring them. Cause mm-hmm. like Tom Petty, like it just, I've always liked and it never clicked. Then that, that's uh, going to be a fun episode because that's yeah, always, that's a huge that thing for me. Aerosmith is, I don't really love, uh, blues. <gasps> so like just like the concept of like a bar band playing blues licks i don't like <laughs> and that's kind of aerosmith as a oh, whole yeah, very much um because there's not enough that pops in their songs most of the time to me mm-hmm. and i really realize especially when it comes to them songs about sex are not my favorite and they like and that's especially the- when it's from creeps I, yes, yes, and it, and I would say that it's ninety eight percent of their catalog, yeah. and this has always been a thing for me. And mm-hmm. it's not like I'm some like holier than that, but it's like I've also realized like I would never write a song about sex beyond the fact that like it just kind of seems a little bit gauche to me. Like, yeah, if if you or I wrote a song about sex, it would be a fist. You're basically song. telling the world. Here is a song about my wife. You know what I mean? Because I basically I've been with my wife like twenty three years. Yeah. <laughs> like every story, you're just like ew. But it's not like, so much of a surprise if the song is called "Here Is a Song About My Wife." Then you know. Here's then you're just like yeah, baby. <laughs> about my wife, girl. Get it? You know. <laughs> Gotta get it. And I will say, <laughs> my two. Main uh, Aerosmith <laughs> connections. It's a great song. Dude, We're gonna record that. Bit. That'll be a Fister song when they get married. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. I remember when Zane once marries driving- uh, Stephanie Seymour. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. There you go. Finally. Uh. But it's the wrong Stephanie Seymour. Right. It's a whole other <laughs> woman named Stephanie Seymour. He's like, whoa! I really messed that up. <laughs> she she works at uh uh 
Oven Halen? Is that something we came up with on an Oven episode recently? Halen, yes. I wrote that down yeah. as a commercial. Uh, my two main Aerosmith things that always pop in my brain that it, at least one of them has come up before is one, driving with my mother in a car down Route 10 in Cheshire, Connecticut, and I was listening to Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. like the monster I am, always forcing my music on people, and I never liked the song Closer. Exactly. It's the only Nine Inch Nails song I don't like, but I left it on. And my mom goes, ugh, this is terrible, Jeff. (laughs) They're just saying that. That's just straight up. Like, you know, the I fuck you like an animal. And I go immediately without a break. Like, it was just like, what do you think's happening in Aerosmith songs you make me listen to all the time? What did she make you listen to? What do you think do me, do me, do me is saying? Do me! Do me! Yeah. Do me! I was like, that's even more intense than Nine Inch Nails, and you've made me listen to that since I was 10. My other one is that I saw them at Woodstock 94. Yes. It was the two months I smoked weed. Right. I had passed out because I was so stoned and tired and woke up during Aerosmith, and I put both of my middle fingers in the air and started screaming, get off the fucking stage. I hate you so much. And people started yelling at me, and I was like, fuck yeah, they're terrible. Do you remember what song was playing when they did that? Like, we live it on the And it's like two fingers up in the air. Yeah, no, I was too stoned to remember. <laughs> um, my relationship with Aerosmith started in 1987 when my aunt Lori I was in my grandparents lived in Salt Lake City so I was visiting them and I I tended to visit them like every summer or every other summer my mom and I would go out there before my uh you know sister was born and I was out there so what I was nine years old and I clearly remember sitting at the kitchen table and Aunt Lori coming up with a cassette of permanent vacation oh. and like handing it to me. And and just and I was just like, whoa, what's this? Because the cassettes at that time that I was really into um, was uh, that was then. This is now by the monkeys. Sure. That had the that was then. this is now which was a huge hit for them in 87 because the monkeys had been on mtv again and and or you know there was a craze for the monkeys and you know they put out pool it and just changed the world and when i started watching the monkeys because mtv was playing yeah this is the funniest show ever. oh completely i would that really that formed a lot of my early love for rock and roll and comedy yeah and then you've you know i've got all my i've got my copy of dare to be stupid and my copy of In oh, 3D God. by Weird Al Yankovic. And yeah. um, and some Beach Boys tapes. But I was looking at this tape just being like, what is this? And as I'm looking at it, my Aunt Lori leans into my ear and whispers, these guys do cocaine. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, for, and I didn't even know what coke was, I don't think. At that point in time. So I just. You're just sitting there drinking a hard dad. Yeah. You're like, just what are we there. talking about? <laughs> Life's real tough and you're feeling sad. Might as well drink a hard Sword dad. dad. Um, He's extra judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> and seltzer. Uh, so I, uh, I immediately. The most judgmental seltzer on the you market. You are a seltzer hard that's going to judge you. From the makers of Soda Dad, Hard Dad. Just pop the top. You're doing that podcast for free? Wait, what? You're not making any money on this? What about your other jobs? 
You don't have other jobs? <laughs> Our dad. Um, but her saying that just put this like, you know, idea that these are the, these are the outlaws. This is the roughest band. This is the true rock in and rock roll. and roll. And then I turn on MTV and you know, fucking angels playing, and I'm like, these guys are so. Yeah, these videos were on MTV all the time. And then like even like 86, I remember the first time I ever saw Walk This Way was when Run DMC did it. Sure. And it's weird to hear it not Run DMC. Yeah, it's, I, it's very strange. Well, I mean, that's what I'm used to now just from being yeah, like yeah. defeated by classic rock radio. <laughs> exactly. But like you couldn't get you couldn't get through the. This is Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Christmas. That's not what he plays in Die Hard, but. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I love Aerosmith. I really do. Um, I saw them in, I, I was it 93? 90, it was 90, either 93 or 94 at Roanoke Civic Center, Get a Grip Tour. And I just remember it just being such a, I was still fairly new to going to concerts and sure. I just remember it just being such a spectacle. Like, this was a goddamn rock show. Because they, and they did that thing that, like. That would have been around the same time then as me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, my first real concert was Lollapalooza 93. Yeah. And then Woodstock 94. That's how I started. That's insane. Going to music. My first, and then immediately went straight down to only punk right. and hardcore shows. Never a concert until, like. I was out of college. <laughs> I uh, My first show was uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Roanoke Civic Center, 1990. Second show was Metallica, Black Album Tour, 92. Sure. That summer in 92, I went to Raleigh to see Jethro Tull and Procol Harum on Jethro Tull's 25th anniversary tour. Um, a wider shy shade of tour. Yeah. For Procol. <laughs> They're like, you guys want to hear that one again? Okay, here we go again. I know you don't know any other song. <laughs> um, Dabble, sabble, daggle, dale. Like, is this also Wider Shade of Pale? Um, it's all we're playing It's today. all Wider Shade of Pale if you want it to be. Um, the uh, They did this thing at the beginning of that show that was very common in the 90s, for, and I'm positive they did this at... Uh, Woodstock 94 too because I've seen the footage where they start with like a big like curtain and they're like dancing behind the curtain and it's like the beginning of the get a grip record so let me let's just skip up to this so you can you hear I was going to talk about this in the get a grip section but I think I think it's this right so this is going on Wake up, kid! It's half past the youth. And you're just like, what, boy? Oh God, what? What? No! What's gonna happen? And this curtain's up. You're like, what is happening? Oh my God! Are you guys watching? Are you watching? And then it goes, oh, I know that. Oh, oh God! What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And the curtain's still up. The curtain's still up. And you're just like, I'm losing my mind. I am losing my mind. Vietnam vets are having PTSD flashbacks. Oh, God. And then... 
curtain goes down. Curtain goes down, and then Aerosmith is just fucking rocking. And it was it's still one of the best shows I have ever seen. My friend Kenny had like this weird like hippie hat. You know that like big puffy hippie hat type thing that <laughs> yes. was very common in the nineties. Remember when I just said I went to Lollapalooza 93? Well, there you go. Right into Woodstock 94. There you go. Um, <laughs> sure, my brother was wearing it. Yeah, probably had like peace frogs on it or something. Yes. Uh, like he, I'm eating General Chow's chicken in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Angry wearing a tool hat. Yeah. yeah uh, he threw the hat. So like at a certain song, probably Angel or something, like Steven Tyler comes up to our side of the stage and like crawls <laughs> up onto the railing. And um, like a slender man, just like, <laughs> it's just like you can hear all of his joints, like, you know, slender man where he's like, you know what? Was it weird? I didn't have a mouth. Here's a bigger mouth, <laughs> a bigger mouth. Um, and Kenny threw him the hat. Steven Tyler caught it like his 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 arm like elongated and reached out and just like plastic man. grabbed it <laughs> and and put it on his head and just like kept oh, singing went back to great. the middle of the stage and meanwhile Kenny's like I don't think I'm getting my hat back no never Steven a good idea Tyler, throwing something <laughs> and then Steven Tyler just chucks it into the fucking audience Perfect. and Kenny's like I'm never getting that hat back um but man. I was just like oh this is by the way that reminds me of the one time I saw heaven and hell the Sabbath with Dio mm-hmm. lineup and somebody threw some sunglasses on and Dio immediately picked up and put them on. But also sunglasses. at that point, yeah, look, you know, you know, I love Dio more than anything oh, in the yeah, world. Yeah. But also Dio kind of looked like my best friend's mother <laughs> and, and Dio was kind of looking like a grandma. And once he put those glasses yeah. on, it was like rapid granny. Full on like it was rapid amazing. granny. That's also the name of the next Fister uh, record. It's called oh, Rapid yeah. Granny. And they're going to start doing the shit that Aerosmith does where they're like, hip hop's cool right now. Let me bring in this. <laughs> you got the wrong Here's key, baby. But the hop drums. Right oh, man. Key hole. When we get to the album that had trip-hop drums, I'm going to lose it. Oh, I know, I know. But hey, let's get into these albums. Please. We have been in Aerosmith 1. We already talked to you about uh, Dream On. Another uh, big song off this record for me and a lot of people that like Aerosmith, except for uh, outside of Jeff. Um, Definitely the other big track for me off the first record is Mama Kid. Classic. If you see Aerosmith live, they're doing the Mama Kid. It ain't not happening. It ain't not happening. Uh, you know, talking, saying the word gypsy, which you can't say. No, God, no. Anymore, but you can't tell Steven Tyler that. Oh, or God, Springsteen, no. because it would, they, I love they would that lose that was all like their songs. This close, if you were playing a character, it could have turned into a, oh, and now we can't say oh, that word anymore. Oh. Something I truly don't care about, yeah. but I need to make a big stink about it. Um, uh, yeah, that's. I, I, can I say I like Mama Kim? Yeah. I like Mamakin and I I appreciate Dream On, but it's a little mm-hmm. hard to listen to it just because of classic rock. Right. Um That would be your and, song that would be in our five star review. Yeah. That. Possibly. Although it, it 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 that's how powerful it is. It still has some moments where you're like, nah. That's a great fucking buildup. It's a great song. It is. Mm-hmm. A, I, I got to give him that Dream On is. I'm glad when he was eight years old, he took naps under a piano. Um, 
But I, I mean, I would like to hear. Do you like the re- what about the rest of the, the record? rest of the records? Okay, <laughs> it's like yeah. pretty like standard uh, classic rock, like somebody, you know, good riffs. Now, yeah. the one thing I think that kind of hurt this record. You know, I mean, it's their first record right out of the gate. and Muppet vocals. Muppet vocals. And they they recorded it so fast, and they said they didn't really trust their producer. Yeah. Um, and that they don't really remember the process. Of course, they were, you know, doing some blow while doing it. Um, when you look at the Wikipedia, and it'll come, it'll come up on, like, every record. I think that's maybe early on. Yeah. Because I always would say, I, I, I kind of stole this from this hardcore band palaka but like i i added the part that i do love rock music but i hate rock and roll and even as a kid Mm. i was just like rock and roll as a lifestyle sucks for me it just didn't work and for them every single album is like yeah and then we had these issues and i hardly remember and we were fighting and then you're like you got through like eight records and i'm not sure you're standing behind any of them they're like i don't know we did it so fast there was so yeah. much coke i don't remember it and you know what it's like it they're just to stare- be a little bit there's too many excuses here aerosmith it's like for maybe you recognize something it's like you put a box set of the first eight albums on the table in front of aerosmith and they just look at it like i don't yeah. know i know Am we I play it? these songs i don't know but- if it's me is that you, uh, Joey? Could be, man. Uh, Joey's the only one who's like, yes, it's yes, me. Uh, of course it's me. Who, Joey? <laughs> yeah. As he just like down some uh, Verde sauce or whatever he uh, <laughs> he made. Uh, it's, a, it's a short record, man. Coming in at 35 yeah. minutes. That's, you know, that's a perfect It's like, super middle of, of the road. It's very me. middle you know, of like the road. It's just like, and, and, and there are enough strikes. Ag- I think this will end up being a theme for me is mm-hmm. like, there's enough strikes against Aerosmith that doesn't make me want to work to try to, you were going move a beyond little the kind of there. middle of the road. You were going a the little Greg. Yeah. I, I, you want to work. It makes me look because Greg is not too far from most of how I talk about music. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's just like there are riffs, but none that completely stick out. Like Dream On is awkward as a third song. I texted you that. Yeah. It's shocking that they're Should like, here the last are two. song on the album. Yeah. So or honestly, it's like make it the first. Either start. Yeah. Like uh, start with the big one or just because those first two are so middle of the road. And then mm-hmm. it's like, surprise. <laughs> We have this, and I don't know. It just—it really—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's shocking and makes the songs around it seem less interesting. And also, Columbia Records, you know, didn't really promote this record because it was released on the exact same day as Springsteen's debut, "Greetings from Asbury wow. Park, New Jersey," which they put a lot of their promotion effort behind so uh you know they kind of kind of fell behind in terms of promotion for this but you know a lot of people dig this record i don't think it's the best aerosmith record i do think it's a good i like walking the dig better than walking the dog it's a better title i do i do too (laughs) um yeah it's okay it's okay Uh, do i put it on from time to time i do i do i'll listen to this if anyone was super defending this whole record I would just think you've got middle of the road, like yeah. blues, lock, like you, you might, you might just like some again middle of the road bar bands if, too if, much. If somebody's defending this, they're only defending Dream On and Mamakin. They're only remembering those two songs, right? That is very true. <laughs> so let's move on to the next record. 
released in 74 on March 15th, 1974, and produced by one of our favorite guys from the Cheap Trick episode we did. Go back and listen mm-hmm. to that, a Hawk Rock talk about Cheap Trick. Jack Douglas, one of the Jack greatest Douglas, producers baby. to ever do it. And uh, this was their first. He also, uh, you know, he would do their next three albums they would do with Jack Douglas. And you can hear it in the sound. Um, yeah. Get your wings. Recorded at the record plant, the uh, the famed down the street from where I used to work at Arista that I was supposed to go to. Instead, my boss sent me to, to the Ground World Zero. Trade Center, Ground Zero. Oh, never, God. never forget me <laughs> being like, sent what? to there. Who, where's the studio? <laughs> yeah, my um, God. Now this is a this is a record, man. This is a record. You kick it off. You, you want my bold statement? Give me the bold statement. It's my favorite Aerosmith record. This is my favorite Easily. Aerosmith record too. It, it, for me, it is a tie between this and Rocks. Those this are the is two, one but where they actually like, do God. different things. Yeah, like they do interesting things. Yeah. they do the things that aren't uh the things i don't like and the, like you know yeah just the songs on here let's take a quick little uh little uh journey through get your wings same old song and dance right off the beginning you hear that bow right there getting you yeah that was a wisp Even for sound being that I did. like a little bit of a standard just like here's a bluesy riff here but i'm into it yeah. enough the chorus is good yeah chorus is great this is such a great to me, it's the beginning of the other hot take that I texted you that I think Steven Tyler is the weakest link of this band. Um, he just his voice. Even and, though and he writes will, so many of the songs. I'm, I, he I, is and the that's the thing. It's like I realize that for songwriting, mm-hmm. if I'm going off of pure listening and what he brings musically, he is the main aspect that makes me go, I really don't like this. Okay, because for his me. His voice, his choices, they kind of drive me voice? nuts. and. And I think they're his voice is annoying. I don't. I disagree, man. But we're I, gonna have this. But when we get this. to Led Zeppelin, we're gonna have the same we're, problem. Oh, yeah, because you because we've talked about it. like I don't thing. really love Plant's voice. Like I think I like the music. But it like, wouldn't be Aerosmith without Tyler's voice and without his I, songs. I would be fine with that. You would be then fine maybe with I'd that. Listen but to then they wouldn't. You, you would just. You would be listening to those. You know, Rainbow Records in the early eighties. Yeah. And like those are the songs that I like. Three on later people would be talking about it, whereas like what? this is a legendary classic rock album. Ah, shit! I I am I don't have my official one hundred eight point nine The Hawk alienating through specificity <laughs> mug because isn't that why Greg Lebensauer is not that far off of my actual personality? Yes. You are gonna find when we get to permanent vacation, you'll be like, oh, of course that's the song Jeff liked the best. Yeah. Out of everything. Oh god, but, yeah. This is Lord uh, of the Fies, which is such a classic. Oh, man, I love this song. So stupid of a title. So stupid <laughs> t- of a title. But I was introduced to this song not through Aerosmith, but through the beat. Uh, the, through the, the Beagles. Bre- the Beagles. <laughs> my favorite band in 1993, the Beagles. No, uh, the Breeders covered this. Uh, it was a B-side uh, okay. to Cannonball. Sure. And uh, Lord of the Thighs rules. My fa- one of my favorites, uh, Train Kept a Rollin', their cover of Train Kept a Rollin'. So good. So, But it was very inspired from Steven Tyler seeing Led Zeppelin perform. They did this one show in Boston. Yeah. Um, you know, where they just like, the crowd was so hot. It was so early for Zeppelin. I think this was 68, 69, to where they played their set and the crowd was just going fucking wild. They're like, 
So they go out and they play the set again. And the crowd just will not stop. Just like shaking the rafters and everything. So Zeppelin went out and played the set a third time. <laughs> and uh, Train Kept a Rollin' was part of that show. I'm and- sorry, I have to interrupt because I think yes. you keep mispronouncing it. I think the song is called Jane Caparoni. It, Jane Cap Jane Caparoni. Because that's what oh, I always Jane thought it Caparone. was. In- all night long. All night long. Jane, Jane Caparoni. Caparone. I mean, I'm not lying to you. There's I a- might have up until listening to it for this episode <laughs> thought that it truly was Jane Caparoni. That is a law commercial for yeah. 108.9 The Hawk. Hi, I'm Jane, Jane Caparoni. I'll defend you all night long. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Thighs is excellent. Uh, Jane Caparoli is excellent. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite uh, Aerosmith songs. Seasons of Wither. Let's just get here to the middle of it. I'll say this. I like Seasons of Wither. Uh-huh. I've also realized, and, and it's our, you know, the where our Venn diagram doesn't overlap sometimes. I can hear in really listening for this episode, the parts of Aerosmith that are uh, on the last record influences in other parts of their discography on parts of the hair metal scene that I was never mm-hmm. super into. Um and with this song, I was like, oh, that sounds like Soundgarden. That's exactly like, what I was getting ready to say. It sounds like yeah, Soundgarden, and, and but it, a little bit more like Temple of the Dog. Even because I, I was about to say, or Mother Love Bow, but it sounds like but I can hear Mother Cornell Love singing. Bone did cover yeah. this. So you were right that on makes it. makes sense. Okay. I mean, that's the thing is I could hear the elements that like, the 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 parts of grunge that I don't necessarily hate, right. grunge related, because also grunge we've realized as years go on is such a stupid term. So but, stupid. Uh, Stop that saying the parts it. that I don't gravitate towards as much versus the parts that I do. Sometimes I would hear these songs and be like, "Oh, they really like Aerosmith." Yeah, um, yeah. But I do like Seasons of Wither. Uh, I liked SOS. I liked I liked Spaced was maybe my favorite. Uh, Space was probably my favorite like Aerosmith song, I would probably say, as a whole. I was very into Spaced because it did not sound like Aerosmith. <laughs> Almost at all, I would say. It's close to... And this sounds like Nirvana, crazily, to me. Like, his voice sounds yeah. like Kurt Cobain, closer to, like, Bleacher. I love that progression. Yeah. That sounds like, what's his name? Of course, I'm blanking. Uh, who produced it? Jack Douglas. Yeah. That sounds like oh, Jack that sounds Douglas. Like a, like, that's like a Douglas move right there. Like, is that sounds like, like, have you heard of these Cheap Trick records? Yeah, ever that sounds like something you would like a movement in heaven tonight or something. You know what I but mean? But it's because it's interesting. That's why Get Your Wings is my favorite is because there are more parts and songs that I don't mm-hmm. have to like kind of like get through the kind of more straight blues lick. Right. And they're doing something interesting, especially in comparison to that self-titled, which is so middle of the road for three quarters of it. Uh, I liked Woman of the World. Yeah. You know, like and not, I, we do have to say, if we're talking about this record, what does Get Your Wings mean? Jeff? Only recently explained this to me because I do not. <laughs> I try my best to not understand listener what Aerosmith uh, is doing. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty vulgar. It is uh, performing cunnilingus on a menstruating woman. 
they're just creeps. Again, when I was talking about it with my wife, your wings. you get your wings. She was really trying to understand that when we were driving back from picking up our kid mm-hmm. yesterday. And like one, here are the main three things. She goes, they're all creeps. <laughs> and so listening to these creeps talk about being creeps right. is not charming at all. Okay. Uh, and then she goes, are they trying to do like a Rolling Stones thing, but getting it wrong? And I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe well, like, it's more that they're just playing in there. blues. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, but why do I like Rolling Stones? And this makes me angry. And I was like, sure, because Rolling Stones are better. But I was like, you know, but there are also enough songs for Rolling Stones that I could put in a playlist that are fantastic. But Rolling Stones um, are also creeps. They are creeps, but they and I don't. I don't really listen to the Stones that much either. I have like a playlist and when we get to Stones, we'll mm-hmm. get into it. Like I have a playlist of like 12 to 14 songs. They also though, weirdly- It's all I mean, undercover of the night, right? Yes, that's my fave. Uh, and then she at one point just goes, this sounds like a fake rock and roll band. Like, and I was like, you're not wrong. It sounds like an AI generated what a 70s classic rock <laughs> band would sound like. I, 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 think, I think that is a uh, very good insight. But extremely unfair. <laughs> um, she has no love, and it was no like, love. "What?" When again, when there's a no love stamp thrown down yep. in the house, yeah. I mean, she has to listen to hundreds of dungeon synth records, from right? Me. And like, if, you know, to listen to that and then be like, "No love," Christie's no love stamp. The Christie no love stamp is few and far between we'll because sure she loves the, me the, so the, much. The Christie no love stamp. Uh, there was also probably a Christy no love stamp for Kiss as well, right? Yeah, but she let some a little, like, I think, because she, she knows I have a deep love for music from the Elder. But she so wouldn't she let anything I, pass with She Aerosmith. wasn't psyched about it, but actually I was giving the no love stamp to her because I was like, I know this is me saying that Aerosmith might be the filthiest band ever, but there were just a couple songs where I was like, I probably shouldn't listen to this around my five-year-old Yeah, with Kiss. Uh, I was just like, it's just a little too on the nose and clear. At least Steven Tyler's just like, well, you probably couldn't, uh, you probably couldn't play this song in front of your kid. This is definitely no. uh, on the list of grossest classic rock songs. Big ten inch. But see, it's I also could it's clever. Not play it around myself because <laughs> it cle- makes me nauseous. No, 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 Jeff. It's clever because he said he whips out his big ten inch beat record. He doesn't yes. mean his dick. He does not mean his dick. It's odd because I don't even think the ten inch was like super popular as a format. And at I whipped out my big ten inch penis on the down, down, but now of course we're oh shit! I should have said twelve inch. <laughs> and I, whipped I sold myself short, baby. Inch. <laughs> Record. Um, Toys in the Attic released on April 8th, 1975. This was probably like when you think of the quintessential classic rock album from Aerosmith you're probably thinking toys in the attic because you've got this song on it which later I guess when Pandora's box came out they yeah, filmed, that's why I thought this was a song that came out right on like permanent vacation pump era yeah I, I was shocked it was on toys I believe in the they attic. did the video for this for uh for uh, for uh, 
Pandora's box because I remember that creepy video. Yeah. Where it's like the guy calling a sex line. And then at the end, it was like a really ugly woman, like doing laundry yes. or something. I don't entirely. I'm, I isn't that it's like yes, it is. And yeah. it was like, well, you better go, Gaga, honey. Yeah. Like they make some joke at the end, and you see your kid, and yeah, yeah. That, that one, that's an uncomfortable video because you're watching Very a guy much. jerk off in his pants, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, it and it's, was, it's not as erotic as the other. It's a little too, uh, you know what it is? It's a Red Shoe Diaries episode where you're like, mm, not the part I wanted to pay attention to. <laughs> Steven like Tyler's Zalman probably King. like, I saw this show the other day called. That's my Steven Tyler voice. I called the Red Shoe Diaries. I need to give you Salmon King. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, this is a phone sex conversation that I wrote down verbatim. Oh, God, yes. Um, So sweet emotion on this record. You also get the classic, classic. Walk This Way. Yep. So uh, sweet emotion and walk this way were the two uh, singles off the record. They also released this song off the record uh, uh, as a single, but I don't remember it doing any sort of placement or anything. But this is such a good song. You See Me Crying is so good. Of course, that right there has that Jack Douglas sound to it. It's also, like we're listening that to that voices. That sounds like the Beatles, right? Yeah. Just that, that build, that, that little transition sounds like a Beatles transition to me. No More, No More is really great. There's a little more variety. I will say this in terms of an Aerosmith record, there's a little more variety. Yeah. In Toys but in again, the Attic. Like, in terms no More, of No More, I was like, oh, I can hear... Where that will become again, mother love bony. Oh, one hundred percent style. Yeah, because even that, there's the variety, but it's like you don't reckon like sweet emotion has so much of that like weird bass phaser that like yeah. I can only deal with in like crust punk and like weird fucking nihilist bands like Dystopia. And even then, I'm like, this is so weird. You're putting that much phaser on a bass. Um, I the, here's my biggest problem with this this record is. I can't personally hear Walk This Way or Sweet Emotion just as songs. Right. Like they don't even that can be the depth the the that's what part of the the you know classic rock ruined songs and bands is like I don't it's classic it sometimes rock radio. gets like classic rock radio yes. because I don't even register them as songs. They are background noise that mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, and they're called that background noise is called Aerosmith. I can't no, I agree. give you an I agree. actual like dissection of it versus give me a dissection of what Uncle Salty and Adam's <laughs> Apple are all about. Because <laughs> I would, do, I yeah. was always looking at the lyrics very quickly, uh-huh. and you know, it's a little bit. There's like those two songs. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing that it's like Steven Tyler can't help himself. From being like, we're going to branch out. We're maybe not going to fucking be so gross all the time. I just imagine Uncle Salty is a weird sexual thing. And I definitely think Adam's apple is a probably transphobic thing, I'm guessing. But I don't know if that's what it's about. You think I Uncle Salty his- is transphobic or... Adam's apple. Adam's apple. I assume I, uh, I assume Adam's apple, not knowing really the lyrics, is proto 
dude looks like a lady. Probably. I just guess. Like, where you're like, really? That's the topic you want to use? Like, here's the thing. Aerosmith sometimes is like the human centipede of music. Where I'm just like, really? Out of like all the topics you could talk about, like you want to talk about this, but in this specific way, like when it comes to their uber sexual songs, there are other times he does it a little bit better, but there's some where I'm just like, Steven. Okay. So let's, 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 we're here. Let's live in this for a second. Please. Back when Kane was able, way before the stable, lightning struck right down from the sky. A mothership with fate said, let's give it a try. Conscience was created. Man, he was created. Lady Luck took him by surprise. A sweet and bitter fruit, it surely opened his eyes. Well, she ate it. Lordy, it was love at first bite. Well, she ate it. Never knowing wrong from right, right, right. I don't think it's about... No, and it clearly isn't that. Yes. I was just guessing you just knowing Steven Tyler. knowing their history in the future. That knowing that's what he's a monster. Right, right. Why wouldn't he always be a monster? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but also I, that yeah. is just like, so is the topic of that song just, man, the original fucking it's, I think it's just about original sin. I think it's just <laughs> yeah. about original sin. And then uh, Uncle Salty is, you know, it's uh, Uncle Salty told me stories of a lonely baby with a lonely kind of life to lead. My mammy was lusted, daddy, daddy, he was busted. They left her to be trusted till the orphan bleeds. Ew. But okay. when she cried at night, no one came. And when she cried at night, went insane. And then it goes to like, she's like later on fucking sailors. Now she's doing any money ask, and a penny, a sailor with a penny or started. two or three. Yeah. Only once you started reading, I was like, okay, Uncle Salty's supposed to be like a sea shanty. Yeah. Odd idea. I mean, (laughs) I got an idea for a sea shanty. I got an idea for a sea shanty. It's called Adam's Apple. And they're like, hey, uh, yeah, Steven, I want to make sure this one's not transphobic. He's like, it's not. It's about original sin. But just you wait. Yeah, I got, I'm going to double it up. Oh, and don't God. worry, I'll have Big Ten Inch eventually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get my Big Ten Inch. It's hard to give really any. I, I just, for me, like, I just can't hear it as even like a record. I don't have, yeah. I can't have an objective opinion you are, because you don't, the singles. This is, this is what has hurt you. You've been hurt. Classic Jeff. Rock Radio. You've been it's hurt what? by classic rock radio. I have been. But I, I, mean, there are I many completely bands. understand it, and I see that, because I think there were probably 10 classic rock staples that have oh, been yeah. ruined by classic rock radio. Aerosmith's one of them. Yeah. And there are some that surpass. We've talked about it with Thin Lizzy. Like, Thin Lizzy could have been. Could have been, yeah. But they became just the greatest band ever to me once I gave myself over right. to what they are. But you couldn't give yourself over to Aerosmith. Not not at all. I tried. I tried. And I, know I really tried. was like, I know you tried. Doing I'm not it like, for the well, benefit. it doesn't sound like you really took it seriously. Yeah, no. Oh, I honked on Bobo, and we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. May 3rd, 1976, also produced by Jack Douglas. So for me, that's kind of a tie between Get Your Wings and Rocks in terms sure. of what's my favorite Aerosmith record because Rocks is so damn good. And it starts with, like, how do you, this is how you start a rock and roll record. 
It's a good intro. It's a killer intro. It's the equivalent intro. of uh, what's the the ACDC intro for? Uh, that's one. No, the um, uh, fuck the one from Gaga, Ga- not Gaga Rock and Roll, the Rock Ga- and Roll. Wa- Are you talking about uh for uh Hell's Bells? No, uh, uh well, for ACDC those about to rock. So many for, for those uh, about to rock is like the fire! greatest. Yeah, just like, whoa. I like to think of all of these revolutionary war commanders that are just like, fire! And that's how the cannons were fired in the uh, (laughs) Revolutionary War. Back in the Saddle is a great song. Back in the Saddle. I can give them that. And then also, you can't go wrong with Last Child. Listen to this. Just listen to this open, Jeff. Come on. Like, what is the song going to be? Oh God! Is it going like to be this weird? Is it going to be this weird angelic thing? Nope. It gets funky right here, right now. Yeah, that is not. Here's Come another. On. Huh? My uh, another. Uh, my wife no stamp. She'll often walk in on things and she'll just go, get a little funky in here, huh? <laughs> And I think she has a wrong conception most time of what funk means, but like yeah. that is basically like turn this off. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not dealing with this. Getting a little funky in here. <laughs> Says it all the time. Oh, to things. <laughs> take me back to a South Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, Don't cross the bridge to my sweet Sassafrasi. Yeah, that's it, all not. Joe's in my like, house. Joe's like, hey, uh, Stephen, you got a uh, rhyme for Tallahassee? You've been working on it, and Stephen's like. And Stephen's like, I've been thinking Sansa Frassy. Good enough for me. Yeah, toxic twins. <laughs> they, that's why they call us the toxic twins. I question you and you come back with something perfect. We are a toxic relationship. <laughs> Years from now, I'm going to grow a mustache and just... I'm going Split to, right down right the middle. Right down the middle, I'm going to shave And the it. only way to describe it is an offensive term. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so that uh, Rocks was one of Kurt Cobain's favorite albums. Sure. Of all time. So uh, put that in your pipe, Jeff. Okay. And I then, mean, I don't really listen to Nirvana much and then, either, uh, so it all works out. And then why don't you smoke it? Do I like Rats in the Cellar? I think I did, maybe, as a song. Listen to that guitar tone, man. You can't. Is that Rats in the Cellar? Yeah, this is Rats in the Cellar. That ain't bad. Yeah, I like that. Oh, is comp... Which one? Is it Combination? That's the one that's that only Joe Perry brought in and nobody liked it. And it was his Sex Pistols song, but it's, it kind of sounds like Stooges. That, now, on this uh, song, Perry shares lead vocal duties. And his he voice said the song is definitely about, one that's like, uh, maybe... Heroin, Maybe cocaine, and me is what he said this song was about. That was the combination. Oh, yeah, that so is the this combination. Song, uh, Steven, uh, it's going to be, if you wonder what the combination is, yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> it's uh, about heroin, cocaine, and me. That sounds good to me. Right. <laughs> Maybe it was Rats in the Cellar that I thought sounded like Stooges. I can't remember. There was one of them that was like, oh, that's interesting. I think it might be Rats like, in the Cellar. Yeah. Uh, and it's like they didn't like it, but they were like, he's like, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. That's a sound great, it. though. Yeah. Because that does kind of sound a little. Go in the middle part. Yeah. 
also interesting that like you know they clearly love and ape a lot of their sound from zeppelin yeah so they also have a song called nobody's fault i mean zeppelin had nobody's fault but mine but it's like it's like naming a song stairway Two. yeah do you know uh, what i mean yeah, yeah. Sick as a dog, black dog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean we can just on. keep going here. Why did you I mean, all just write about dogs, huh? <laughs> um, but Rock's such a solid record. Such a cool album cover, too, man. I just, uh, I really I really dig, really dig this record. Um, There's a handful on here, but like not enough for me to hang my hat on for too long. Right. I think, but definitely... Like I like Kiss. I could make a I could make my 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 Garlock best of for them. Right. But, but you I don't think, think it would actually can... be a shorter playlist than Kiss, probably. Mm-hmm. Um there's just too much because even like you said, the stuff where you're like, oh, they're clearly aping Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Often just for me, I would be like, I think they're aping the parts of the the, the Zeppelin stuff I don't like as much. <laughs> like, you know, if you're, you're just kind of, you know, we'll see it when we get to Zeppelin. Uh, released on, ni- uh, on December 9th, 1977. This would be the last record they do with Jack Douglas in this run. Draw the Line had a uh, cover of the album uh, drawn by uh, Al, uh, Al Hirschfeld. We got to get it. Is he still alive? Oh, we no, can't get it. I don't think so, uh, sadly. sadly no, we're not getting a uh, Hawk. We're not getting a Hawk caricature. Uh, Hirschfeld. But man, I, I always loved Al Hirschfeld's art. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for them, it's uh, it's so cool. Iconic. What an album cover. Uh, you know, better than the album. Med- better than the album. <laughs> they, you know, uh, Joe Perry. Let's put this on the pile of another record they hardly remember making. <laughs> well, Joe Perry says in his. Uh, uh, sorry, Joe Perry said in Stephen Davis's book, Walk This Way, that Draw the Line was untogether because we weren't a cohesive unit anymore. We were drug addicts dabbling in music rather than musicians dabbling in drugs. And with that said, Jeff, uh-huh. I am going to say there's still some decent songs on here. Draw the Kings line. The title track. Kings and Queens might be one of my favorites. Aerosmith. Oh, songs. Kings and so. Queens rules, man. Listen to this. That sounds like it could be Kiss. Well, that's the thing. Aerosmith, when it works for me, and that's one. Is that Kings and Queens? Yeah, or draw this the is line? Kings and Queens. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Aerosmith. Yeah, it sounds like. Uh, so you yeah, should it sounds really, like Kiss. With, it with, sounds like a power metal record, like to some extent. <laughs> with that uh, equation you just presented, uh-huh. if Aerosmith doesn't sound like Aerosmith, they are the best band ever. Yes. Jeff loves. <laughs> if that's the yeah. case, you should love Pink, and you should love Jaded. It is my new obsession. <laughs> uh, Yeah, Kings and Queens is great. Uh, Draw the Lines, classic Aerosmith, man. But you can hear a little bit in the playing here. It's not as tight. That sounds like Cheap Trick. Yeah. It's like that Tom Peterson 12-string bass, but that's just with, like, multiple guitars here. Draw the line. But then Steven Tyler doing his just like, and I'm singing some bullshit and I'm fucking wearing scarves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like Critical Mass on this record. Remind me of Critical Mass. 
I have no idea what he's singing. It's like I think it's Roddy Doe. And Joe Perry's just like, yeah, that sounds great, Steve. Whatever, man. I'm Whatever, almost out of here. Man, I'm almost <laughs> out of here. Like I'm gonna I be out of combi- here. Did I tell you about my combination? Did I tell you about my company? Yeah, we did that last record. Do you not remember it? <laughs> oh, I brought in a song. God damn it. God damn it. I brought in a song, guys. It's called Combination. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we did that. This is my, uh, what is that, my Brad Whitford? I imagine Brad Whitford's real voice is like, mm, oh, God, yeah. Stephen. The member of the band that always looked like he was like 60 at all times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, Brad Whitford. And then Tom Hamilton is just like, Here's my impression of what Tom Hamilton sounds like when he's talking. Yeah, that is dead on. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on it. He doesn't yeah. say a word. Oh, because don't get me wrong, too. I definitely did the classic that happens with movies, too. The, oh, God, I thought they were super old when this record came out. Let me look up how old they were. Oh, no, they're younger oh, than God. you and I yeah. are. <laughs> I don't want to even take that trip at all, Jeff. I do it all the time. That's my a surefire way to depress me is right. to always be like, how old is Billy Crystal Ooh, supposed to be? Billy Crystal's um, 23 here. Billy Crystal was 23 when he did City Slickers. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, God. And I'm like, all right, I, I need to cheer up. Let me go watch Party hey guys, Down. I got a song. It's called uh, Combination. You guys want to do it? <laughs> Again, you're oh, not even in the on. band now. You've um, left. <laughs> we, we did that last record. Tom, what Joe. do you think? Case in point, there you go. When is a, when is a, an episode of 108.9 The Hawk just going to be an Aerosmith radio drama? I mean, sooner than, rather than later, probably. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, draw the line, you can kind of hear everything start to fall apart. Oh, yeah. There's still a hint of that greatness with Kings and Queens and Draw the Line, uh, but you can hear, you can hear the, the, the drugs interfering. You can hear, yeah. whereas like the drugs propelled records like Get Your Wings and Toys in the Attic, the drugs were starting to take a, oh, it's me, the drugs, Toxic Twins, and I am here to take your good Aerosmith records right with me. He's like, oh, hey, some. drugs, have I ever told you about my combination? <laughs> we did it last record. My God, you're, and you're including me. I'm in your combination. Tom, are you okay with drugs being here? Perfect. <laughs> uh, okay, so draw the line. Drugs will be a character on an upcoming drugs. episode. Of yeah, that, is what, that is the character of drugs. The character of drugs will be played by Jeff Garlock tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't we move right on to... Please. Their record released on November 1st, 1979, Night in the Ruts. Now, this is the record that Joe Perry was just like, yeah, I'm getting out of here midway through. And he was basically like, look, I played on some of these songs. You can keep my tracks. You can get rid of them. I don't give a fuck. Also, what was Joe Perry's financial problem? Do you know? He owed the band. He owed the band. <laughs> yes. $80,000 <laughs> for his for room, room, service. room service bills. He had to, re- he planned. Yeah. Didn't do it. Just planned to repay them by recording a solo He's album. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do a solo record, and that's definitely going to pay eighty grand easy. I'll, t- I'll tell you my new combination, Chicken Fingies, 
from room service. Hi, this is room service. Uh, uh, what? Uh, how can I? How can I help you? Eighty thousand dollars worth of chicken figgies. Okay, uh, that's eighty thousand dollars. Let me charge uh, it to the band. Okay, They're we'll not charge have that a problem to with it. And um, Mr. Perry will have that to your room in forty minutes. By the way, no gratuity. <laughs> Click. Um, yeah. My combination is no gratuity and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new combination. Oh, uh, the song's called New Combination. It went. It was supposed to go on right night in the ruts. I almost said right in the nuts because right that's the where nuts. they got me. Too clever. Yeah. Um, did not realize that till you just said that. Is that true? Are you serious? You did not realize that. I don't know if I've ever thought about Night in the Ruts longer than 30 seconds before this podcast. Right in the nuts. So, right in the nuts. <sighs> Tell me more about defending Aerosmith if they're not dumb. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't. Know, this, so is a period, now, this is a period of Aerosmith that just... I never listened to it. I had never sure. listened to this record until uh, this run. This and Rock in a Hard Place. My God, Rock in a Hard Place. The only yeah. single off of this record was a cover of the Shangri-Las Remember Walking in the Sand. And I'll play a little bit of it here for you. Now, if you are a TikTok fan or a fan of memes, like there's that, oh no, oh no, 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 meme that goes around that comes from Remember walking in the sand, and we'll hear Steven Tyler do it. I'd like to hear him. I I need to pull that just so we can do that on our TikTok. Sure. Um, but this is a great cover, though. It is a good cover, but also and better than most. You also have heard my Jeff Garlock problems with like not really wanting to deal with reverence to fifties doo wop. You hate and you hate fifties music. In general, really, right? Yeah. Do you just, like yeah, Elvis? Just in general. I do not do not care about Elvis at all. Oh, great. That You just yeah. signed up for an Elvis Presley uh, Hawk Rock Can't talk. wait. That'll be what about, that'll be well, it. You, you gotta at least, you gotta at least you respect uh, Buddy Holly. There's a lot, there's respect, uh-huh. but I have no time for it in my life. But have you like, ever I, like sat down and listened? Because Buddy Holly was like 20 years ahead of his time. Sure, but that also happens with a lot of like genre where it's like this kind of started the thing, and then I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay. But so but you I never really, really sat down and listened it. to Buddy. I mean, I would bet you I've listened to more than I think, but also so there probably is stuff that's in there. Uh-huh. But also, they just like classic rock were ruined by solid gold oldies. <laughs> like they only play the same twenty songs on that fucking format as well. Um, yeah. Um, and look, then you're not getting the deep cuts like bone to bone, parentheses, Coney <laughs> Island Whitefish white Boy. Also, I had to explain to the press that uh, Coney Island Whitefish is a used rubber. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, they did a uh, 1940s blues song called Reefer Head Woman that Steven Tyler could not remember the lyrics for. And he had them written down in a notebook. Um, he had to call Dr. Demento, big figure in my life growing up. Oh, yeah. If you were a Weird Al fan, you loved Dr. Demento. You probably had that cassette collection 
of uh, mm-hmm. the tan one that was like his uh, yeah. his greatest hits. And you're uh, definitely Dr. like, I guess I'll listen to more Spike Jones. And Doctor Demento <laughs> was just like, I've got it for you, Stephen. Here are the lyrics to Reefer Head Woman. I'll read to you some of the wackiest lyrics I've heard in quite a long time. <laughs> Please tell me that you're doing bone to bone Coney Island Whitefish Boy on this record. Yeah, originally it was called Combination. <laughs> <laughs> drugs are. Wait a second. Is Dr. Domeno and Drugs the exact same voice? <laughs> They're very similar. I've been drugs. They're the very whole similar. Time. They are very similar. Uh, this. Uh, so we haven't addressed one thing. Perry's gone. He's replaced by Jimmy Crespo. The Crespo. Jimmy Crespo. I'm a big Crespo head. I'm a huge Crespo head. When you get right down to it, there's like, who's your favorite guitarist? I'm always going to say Jimmy Crespo. Always. I always always will say this. (laughs) And he had, uh, you know, he had been in a band called uh, Flame. Uh, Ever heard of him? He later, after, you know, Joe Perry came back and they're like, see ya, Jimmy. Um, he played, you know, with Rod Stewart and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's one of those working session guitar guys. He's, he is a journeyman. (laughs) And, um, yeah, this record, uh, the one song I have to play off this record where I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Which song do you think I'm talking about? Cream cheese. This is a song called Cheesecake. It's like we're in a Robert Rodriguez movie right now. So allow me just to uh, read the lyrics to you, Jeff, if you don't mind. Please. Now, uh, coming up to the mic is a a very (laughs) world-renowned poet, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jason Gore. Thank you, everyone. I met a babe in a backseat driving. Back in the saddle, she'd sit. Pulled on the reins just to keep me rising. She loved to chomp in the bit. Daddy, do it. Oh, just do it. Daddy, do it. Please let me see. Do it. Please just do it, Daddy. Do it, do it, driving me crazy. She walks away with her eyes down on her boot lace. She lives to give it away. She don't believe in right or the wrong case. She's always liable to say. Daddy, do it. Oh, just do it. Daddy, do it. Please let me see. Do it. Please just do it, Daddy. Do it, do it, driving me crazy. Cheesecake. Looser than her sister. Cheesecake. Her sugar gets me high. Gross. Cheesecake. She knows I can't resist her. Cheesecake. (laughs) Got my fingers in her pie gross all around this might no. be one this this might be number one in the grossest classic rock song of all time i thought yeah. it was kissing time from kiss nah nah i literally want to say it. i want to set a marker <laughs> and i want to open my office door and go next door and puke my fucking guts out i really <laughs> I do you're gonna say and then read that to my wife and yeah. see what she and says she's like i is this something called divorce yeah um, so yeah if this re- if draw the line was the unraveling of aerosmith this was the finisher 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, gross. There's a song on here called Chiquita. I'm not even going to play it. I'm not going to play no. any of these songs for you. you I am not going to play any more songs for you from Night in the Ruts nope. or Rock in a Hard Place. Nope. I'm just not going to do it. I want you to take that journey on your own. Release Although I do oh. think Lightning Strikes might have had something, but maybe I'm remembering wrong. <laughs> the placenta falls to the floor. <laughs> exactly. Was it that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Light. my lightning strikes. Come it ain't crashing. Again. Uh, All I feel here are family Hitting up them re-raw vocals. Yeah, <laughs> get ready for our Rock Rock Talk live. Oh, my God. That'll be about five minutes. Oh, it's just going to be all, all on Lakini's Juice. Oh, I, that, that's about as gross sounding as a Steven Tyler lyric. More wine. Okay, back into Aerosmith. Released on August 27, 1982. Uh, recorded at the Power Station in New York City, but also recorded at a studio that was basically made out of cocaine. Criteria Studios in Miami, Florida. That's where Steven Stills would do a lot of his recording. The Bee Gees would do a lot of their, their recording. That is a pure coke studio. Oh yes, it is. Um, track Look, listing. This is one no, that where we people are like, play "Something." I'm sorry. Well, Jeff. what are you gonna do? I, what are you gonna I, play, Jeff? I'm really sorry. I didn't want to do this. You have to play Bolivian rag. No, no, no. I have to do this. I have to do this for you because I know this is your favorite Aerosmith song, and you texted this to me. That jailbait. So this was we're clearly in the 80s because he didn't do that so much in the 70s records. But what that yeah. that scat really came alive. Um, the, the the Steven Tyler scat is a real big sore spot for Aerosmith for me too. For, put it keep it on the pile. It's rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that song's called uh, Jailbait. The other songs on this record. Um, Jeff alluded to it. Uh, Bolivian ragamuffin. Well, partly why I was alluding to it is because Martin Popoff seemed to like this record. <laughs> he's like, I'm looking at his review and he's like, never mind the Spinal Tap anticipating Stonehenge cover. Right, right. It's one kick-ass album. Lightning Strikes, yeah, Bolivian Ragamuffin. I think Jody's Mar Butterfly are classic Aerosmith songs, no matter who played on them. <laughs> well, I think Martin should probably pop off with that opinion, if you know Thank what you. I mean. <laughs> In your fucking face. Boom. Uh, yeah, no, this is a, um, Joey Kramer in his, uh, 2009 autobiography, which I have to read. Got it. I want to read every book that Aerosmith has put out. <laughs> and, uh, he says the record does what, what's our Joey Kramer. <laughs> the record doesn't suck. Um, he said there's some real good stuff on it, but it's not a real Aerosmith record because it's just me, Steven, and Tom with a fill-in guitar player. It's Jimmy Crespo doing the guitar work. All right, whatever. It's bad. Yeah, yeah bad. It's bad. And then, guys, there. And here's what happens. During this time, they release Rock in a Hard Place while Joe Perry puts together the Joe Perry Project to pay off that $80,000 room service bill. <laughs> and chicken fingies. <laughs> and it's called Let the Music Do the Talking. 
And he does. And he really does. He lets the music do the talking so hard that also we we need to point out, too, that Brad Whitford had quit the band. He left in 79. He was like, this Night in the Ruts album, I can't do it, and I can already see it's what's coming. It's a real coming. kick in the nuts, if you um, know what I'm saying. <laughs> real kick in my nuts, guys. Uh, and so, uh, so he left in 81. Joe Perry left in 79. But in 1985... What happened, Jeff? He's like, I got to come back, baby. <laughs> They're both like, hey, I don't think we're done with rock and roll. And I don't think rock and roll is done with us. And they took the opportunity to, at this time, let the music do the talking. Oh, yeah. They re-recorded the title track from the Joe Perry Project. Why not? Uh, For the Aerosmith album, (laughs) Done With Mirrors. This was also my very first listen to uh, Done With Mirrors. Here's my biggest thing I'll say. Never cared. Yeah. Uh, My Fist Your Face is a great title. That's the only thing I can maybe say about this whole fucking record. Another thing I will say about this record is it is produced by Ted Templeman, who at that point in time was uh, famous for doing all those Halen records. And yeah. he recorded this album just a little bit here. So he used the same strategy that he used to use with Halen, where he wouldn't put uh, there, there was no red light up to let the band know that it was actually being recorded. That way he could kind of get the, the most live sound from them. So he could trick them, trick them. He, he, he resorted to trickery. Yeah. And um, he he was like he was doing it with mirrors. Oh, I'm taking my headphones off because this episode ain't going to get any better than that. <laughs> um, also, by the way, done with mirrors, also an allusion to laying out of drugs on a mirror. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Get out of here. Are you they like drugs. <laughs> Hello, it's me. I'm back, baby. Put me in a title. Just call it drugs. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's not very good, guys. Even no. VH1 and MTV, I mean, even MTV really, you know, didn't care about, uh, about Look, Joey Kramer on our favorite show, That Metal Show, said, uh, we never really finished it. The entire record. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Yeah, great. just put it Glad out. We then. had to listen to it. Just put it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first single was Let the Music Do the Talking. The second is a uh, song called Shella. Is it supposed Shella. to be Sheila? And they just. I think Sheila. I don't really know. I don't, don't know. Don't care. So this, is, this comes out in 85. And then in 86, they remake Walk This Way with. Run DMC. They're back, baby. And that was on their Raising Hell record. You know, uh, Rick Rubin pulled out Toys in the Attic. Um, you know, he, uh, a lot of, Stroked you know, beard. a lot of those. Um, and if you want to hear more about like the Rick Rubin journey, you know, the best show does a, uh, a Patreon podcast called Rubenesque, where we're going year to year through all of these uh, Rick Rubin tracks. And that's why I, I know of this because, you know, a lot of Rick Rubin's stylings and his uh, his beats were based off of like Joey Kramer drums and a lot of like classic rock drums, 
was basically the sound. So he did this, and then they brought in uh, Aerosmith to. They brought in Steve, uh, Stephen, and Joey. Not sorry, I called him Joey. He's like, hey, don't call me that. I, you know, hey, hold on a second. Yeah, room service. <laughs> More fingies, please. <laughs> uh, wants a little fingy, if you know what I mean. Um, so, and the video was huge. I remember how huge that video was in 86. Oh, yeah. You couldn't. I mean, that was just, that was it, man. Just Steven Tyler just hanging on that microphone stand going, what's going on yeah. back here yeah. with these and two he walking like, through our wall? And then he pops through the wall just like, ugh. And it was, it was it was beautiful, a beautiful the beginning thing. of his nauseating face being burned in my brain. <laughs> oh, and that brought Aerosmith back. They're back, baby. And so, another thing I want to point out is that I believe, yeah, uh, done with mirrors would be it's their last record that wouldn't have a lot of other people writing songs for them. Yeah, that's when they were like, you know what? I think we we're are, spent. We are we spent. We are drug-addled monsters. <laughs> and we don't know what we're doing anymore, guys. So We got to get someone who knows what's going on and know what's going on. They did. So who do they bring in? They bring in Desmond Child, who we, uh, we talked about in the Kiss episode. What was that one Kiss song? Sha- Shanti? Shanti? Oh, I can't remember. I now. can't remember. I think that was a Desmond Child one, but um, they brought in uh, Jim Valance and Holly Knight to write songs with them. With them, it wasn't just for them, right? And you know, doing this new thing with songwriters, they were very, uh, very inspired. And then on released on August twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, these guys do cocaine. As my wow. uh, as my aunt Lori would have said, uh, permanent vacation, and the hits from this record. I, I don't even know why they released Hangman Jury as a single. That was the first single off this record, and it makes no sense. Uh, but I know why they they released it. Why? <laughs> ah, there you go. Drugs, Drugs has reappeared. <laughs> um, and then the other singles that were huge and just played constantly on MTV. Dude looks like a lady. There you go. Very, uh, that's a terrible song. Always, always been. What a what a dirt bag of a song. Yeah, I mean, like, in theory, it's fun. That in theory, it's based off of in theory Vince Neil. Yes, that they were just like, look at this idiot. <laughs> I mean, it, it would make but, more sense if it was based off of Poison or something. Yeah, but like, at the same fun. time, like, come on, man. You guys yes. looked exactly the fucking same. Yes, you, like, you, you came guys... out of the glam world. You you love the New York Dolls. Yes, like, but also in the late 80s, like, when, the, when you're looking at, go watch the fucking Angel video. You look just like them. You look like any member of Cinderella. There's, like, the leeway of... Oh, it was a different time, but also like you should have known a little better. Yeah. Also, Vince Neil was writing harder rocking songs. I mean, he wasn't writing oh them; God. he was singing them. No. But um, yes. Um, but yeah. What a fucking terrible song, dude! Looks like a lady. Yeah, it's terrible. Eat shit for it's that. Terrible song. And then Ragdoll was all over MTV. And hate it for me. I just say it's I can't hear it as a song, but also that one starts to jump into hate it. 
Ragdoll. I do love Ragdoll. I do love Sock-dang. This is like Atlanta Scat Kitty. City. This is Scat oh. City. I mean, it's it's like we're at Birdland. I don't scamp scam on down bow but don't scamp scamp scam on bow 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 bow. And then, man, if I just play this opening riff right here, you know it's 1987. Oh God, am I at my junior high dance? So oh, no. <laughs> uh, am I at the uh, New River Valley flea market? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That, Playing out of a terribly tinny boombox. <laughs> that's like, it's. it sounds so much like uh, The Flame. Like, it has that same sort of sound as as The Flame by Cheap yeah. Trick. Um, but this was huge, man. This record sold over 5 million copies in the United States. Yeah. Here's another. Here's my garlic bull take for this one. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Gotta have a, we can need to like a bumper for the garlic bold take on takes. Uh Magic Touch is my favorite song on the record. It's the only one I really like. I don't even know if I know that song very well. Let's see here. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Aerosmith. <laughs> Could they put a little more reverb on the drums? So much. It's backwards the reverb, and they didn't even mean to it's be. It's like backwards. they made him record this in an empty civic center. Yes. All right. It just yeah, that's kind of okay. sounds like a uh, late era new wave of British heavy metal band trying to like kind of like blow that. up a little. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like Aerosmith, and that's why I like it. And I then think. of course, and then of course, you've got this. You telling lies, thinking I can't see. You can't cry because you're laughing at me. I'm down. One of my favorite Beatles songs. I'm down. Yeah. Did not know it was a Beatles song. You did not know that. Well, there you I, go. I, I truly, I love, I'm wondering at what point in our careers, in our relationship together, uh-huh. you will not be surprised by me well, knowing Be- something, not knowing something like that. Our Beatles rock talk is going to be a ride. Oh, God. It'll be four hours each episode. It'll be four episodes. It's going to be our get back or whatever that was. So it'll yeah. be so long. But I do overall like the, I mean, you'll the, have to sign up for the most expensive Patreon level I, to get all to. episodes of be the Beatles. $40 <laughs> level um, easily. Uh, yeah. Permanent vacation. Definitely a fucking terrible song. And dude looks like a lady. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there are also like I like Ragdoll. I like Angel. Those are like, see, here's the thing about me, Jeff. And here's where we're, 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 we're going to go with this. I love. I do love I love Toys in the Attic. I love Rocks. I love Get Your Wings. I love the first record. But where Aerosmith feels like Aerosmith for me is the band that would have walked down the stairs and into Wayne Campbell's basement. Be, and, but that is the apropos, that is the weird part of uh, uh, Aerosmith, and that's the thing I'll give them, mm-hmm. is having so many eras that they are the Saturday Night Live of classic rock. <laughs> like, there's a little bit of like, this is the one I grew up with, so they're the right. best cast. Yeah, what like, we do is, you know... When the clock's at 11.35, we just go out there and, and give it exactly. all we got. Drug starts yelling, ah, <laughs> get out there. I mean, yeah. I do think it's like versus like cheap trick. No one's sitting around going like, nah, I think late 80s is when they really pulled it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I do feel like they did. And I do feel like yeah. 
They wrote well, but, some classic. And so did the entire world. Right. Because everyone got into this. But like, it, I think like you know, uh, it, it, I, I, I just think that it. They're the, um, they're the least surprising of being able to do the SNL take for a classic rock band. It's like, uh, that it's like the shit that they put out then is bigger. Yeah. Arguably than their big hits. Yeah. They, and they all meld because sweet emotion. I swore was you on thought permanent was like vacation a 1991, or uh, yeah. track. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it really does meld. I do think that like, had they not worked with these other songwriters, to write a terrible song like dude looks like a lady um but like that like working with other writers like desmond child gave them a whole new life and even helped their songwriting as just joe perry and steven tyler because released on september 12 1989 um you got pump and do you remember, did you ever watch the making of Pump? Do you remember when that came out on MTV and they were playing like that documentary? Like probably because oh. it, it's like you probably couldn't escape it. You but. could not escape it. And it was like, what a summer, man. Holy shit. That's the summer I saw Batman 38 times in oh, the theater. That is, that is your, that's your origin oh, story is that summer. God, that I mean, that's summer. also why Aerosmith is so important to you. Yeah. That, we all have our origin story bands and they are definitely one of them oh, for you. Oh, that was such a big summer. That's the summer I'm like really getting more and more into comics and rock and roll. And I remember, you know, new school year and pump comes out and everybody's talking about it. It's the first year you have a personality. I have no personality up until that time. That truly is the deal. I'm watching it with like kids. As yeah. having a kid, like I'm watching it. It's like, you've got one, but it's going to change. It's going to change. And then all of a sudden there'll be the year where you're like, for you, me, where it's just like, Oh, I'm a hardcore kid. Yeah. You're like, 11 right, years it. old and it changes. And you know, you're 11 and you're like, Oh man, you know, who am I now? And then you got this. I also love their skits. Oh, their skits are so good. Hardware, children's wear, ladies' lingerie. Oh, good morning. Let's hardware, children's wear. Gross. Ladies' lingerie. Mr. Tyler. Mr. Detective, all the clues were there. <laughs> But I will still say one of my all time. One of my favorite. And I just get such good feelings thinking about this time period in my life when I'm 11 and you're watching, you know, you're listening to the radio and you suddenly hear this on the radio. Oh, God, this is it right here. This is a song you heard in your mom's office growing up. You're just like waiting in the waiting room. Yeah. Another diamond ring. Oh, so good. And then, of See, course, the I don't like them and they are ingrained in my brain. Yeah. I know every note. In, in How fucking we syllable. would not have 108.9 The Hawk. Oh, God, no. If it wasn't for the humor that we've gotten, mainly from this fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> we've gotten so much out of this song. 
This is what uh, the Aerosmith immersive experience is about. Jamie's got a gun is like the perfect example of there's like a certain type of personality who's like, you can't make fun of that song. It's about child abuse. And you're like, no, it's not. It's a weird made up story. Because let me also just read here. Tyler describing the origin of the song. I wrote the song in my basement, just fucking around. Oh, Janie's got a gun. I got goose pimples. I sat for months waiting for the Oracle door to open. Then I looked at Time Magazine and saw this article on 48 hours, minute by minute of handgun deaths in the United States. Then I got off on the child abuse angle. I'd heard this woman speaking about how many children are attacked by their mothers and fathers. It's fucking scary. I felt, man. I got to sing about this. <laughs> but here's the thing, man. They're feeling feelings now because they, they were off the drugs for this record. But that's the beauty. That's the thing is like it is a band. And this is a, a, maybe another reason they don't speak to me. They are feeling feelings because they're off the drugs finally. Right. But they are monsters who don't really know how to feel real feelings right. or understand the world. So I got really angry that nobody's paying homage to those who were abused by mom and dad. So I wrote a line called he jacked a little bitty baby that originally was he raped a little bitty baby. And Geffen's like, eesh. David Geffen's like, hey, can we change that? And after you change that, I'm going to be on my yacht. Thank you. Thank you. I'll call Leslie Ann Warren. Get her in the video. She's hot stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get that hot stuff. Leslie Ann Warren in. Man, and yeah, the, and the is father like, is like you've always had a hang up that the father in the Janie's Got a Gun video is probably a year older at than, best at best than Janie herself. Yes, that and what is exactly she spelling out with all that broken shit? I'm still not sure exactly. <laughs> it's unclear. It's cheesecake. a bad shot. She's David writing Fincher. out cheesecake. Oh, it's cape. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a condom. It's whatever yeah, that. Right. <laughs> right. Coney Island, Coney white Island fish. whitefish. <laughs> um, let's keep. Yeah, Janie's got a gun. Is there fake? Like this is our. You know, we're talking about issues. Yeah, which almost makes you forget that literally two songs before the inspiration is just. Yeah, I was fucking hooking up with this chick in the elevator, and the door kept opening. I'd be like, <sighs> "Whoa, this is tough." <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm like, feeling. Okay. I'm feeling things now. What do you want? <laughs> I can't stop these emotions. Oh, <laughs> uh, released on April 20th, 420, bra, 1993. Jeff's favorite. Fa- your favorite I just album give cover. One last thing. Sorry, I do want to give last thing. Okay. I think the other side is not a bad song. Other side's great, man. That's the only one that I was like, okay, I actually kind of like something in this. Like, it's such a 90s movie soundtrack oh, song. Oh, God, yes. But it, 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 out of all of that, it's the one that maybe I'm like, okay, I'll give you this. But yes, yeah, sorry. My favorite, favorite album cover of all time. Get a grip. Come here, baby. Oh, boy. Come on over here. You know, oh, if I didn't like Steven Tyler oh. Scatton, I don't like him doing <laughs> faux uh phil linet style yeah talk storying come me. here That's baby usually, yeah. you know how you're looking all good with your shirt he sounds like when oh. we are trying to do improvised commercials and sometimes they hit <laughs> and then sometimes it's like man yeah jason's gonna need to pull this one together and yeah. like in the edit because we're taking a little too much time right, we're just like in between trying to remember what words are right 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 Oh, my God. But, man, this album. Oh, bought it the day it came out. 
Sure. I, uh, I may have gone to a midnight sale for this. I had that this T-shirt. Right. I had this T-shirt. You had that teat on a shirt. I had this teat shirt. You were um, like, this teat is beautiful. And I it, need to let the entire world see this disgusting album cover. And if you are unfamiliar, take a look at the album cover for Get a Grip. It is a cow's udder with like a piercing through it. And the cow has been branded with the Aerosmith uh, logo. So and rightfully so, PETA had to be like, is this a real yeah, animal? I'm like, no, no, I swear no, it's Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. But this, tell him, Tom. This album had defense. so many singles on it. That, it. Which helped me because then I didn't need to listen to those. I could just skip through <sighs> just to be like, yeah, yeah, I know crying. Yeah, 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 living on the edge. Living yeah, on yeah, the yeah, edge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eat the rich, crying, amazing. Um... And I crazy. love an Eat the Rich song from a rich rock band. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, they also released Fever and Shut Up and Dance from this uh, album. Those weren't uh, so big, but man, you yeah. could not go anywhere in 93 and not, not hear any of these songs or turn on MTV and seeing that shot of uh, Alicia Silverstone like falling and then like yeah. giving the finger. And then also, it was amazing. With the video, that was like a virtual jerk-off thing, right? What That one's along the lines with the phone sex jerk-off one right. being the one of the more bummer. And it's with so, that actor that you're like, I know that actor from something. What, Where is he from? Um, let's see here. I will say it's that visual, but I thought you were going to say you couldn't get away from the visual of half-painted black Steven Tyler naked. Yes. Going, shit. <laughs> he has like a zipper going down his body and, but do you think with the amazing video and let's play just so you guys know what we're talking about as soon as i play this you're gonna be like oh yeah he, he that's a virtual thing where he like it's he almost like cranks it and he rides a motorcycle the virtual reality is almost as good as the pour some sugar on me virtual kid you hear these strings and you're like Steven Tyler walks in and he's like, Hey guys, I just saw a movie called The Lawnmower Man. And I want oh, it to be like Jason that. London, the guy from Days of Confused. <laughs> yeah, it was Jason That's London. Who it is. Yeah. Oh man. So we have to watch someone we know jerk off in virtual reality to a, another person we know right because so has alicia silverstone now started doing movies at this point i wonder i don't i get think confused so. Not on the trajectory yet. i don't think she, she hasn't done at the, the moment yet um yeah. and, but dazed and confused came out this year yeah but Big yeah this, it, this was the second appearance of alicia silverstone in one of uh, aerosmith's videos yeah the first one was crying right oh or was yeah. it crazy uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Big, it, sorry. big phantom tingles there with that. Okay. One. <laughs> so th this one is uh, crying was the first appearance by Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, she's getting a belly, a navel piercing, which is the thing that bummed me out. I never enjoyed navel piercing. No, <laughs> I was like, oh man, we can never yeah. date now. Yeah, this clearly would have happened. Clearly, <laughs> uh, amazing was the second video, and crazy was the uh third video i love crazy man oh her purse is stolen by josh holloway from lost <laughs> Come here, baby. wait a second i love crying i get a mixed up 
I love this. I that use this. I use this as uh, transition Gore. music in uh, uh, what you call it, uh, Jason Gore's midlife crisis. Yeah, that make this is pure pure Jason Gore. Gore. Pure Gore, pure Gore, baby is crying. And uh, yeah, I love this record. I wore this shirt. This shirt I got from the concert, and it was on that very thick. Oh yeah, uh, and it it wasn't fun to wear. It was a, probably a Hanes beefy tee. It was a Hanes beefy, and it like wouldn't give any. So if I gained a little weight, like yeah, you know, it would shoot up my. Oh belly. yeah, there's no give to those Hanes beefy there's tees. No and I, I know that printing they put on there. I had an I hate God shirt that is the thick printing and took up all of the front and all of the back. So it, when it got to the summer, it was like <laughs> yeah. it was like it would hold in the heat. Yeah. Like it was like I was wearing a sweatsuit, one of those ones you do when you're trying to like prepare for football for wrestling you're like i gotta yes, make weight yeah. i gotta make weight it's like i was in vision quest wearing that but <laughs> <laughs> I, you you were very dennis miller with that it was like i was in vision, tw- vision quest cha, cha. all right cha cha um uh, i'll say this record sounds very good i was like impressed so with how good. it sounds the bass is like pretty good sounding i think this this record is the best that aerosmith ever sounded and the best looking with that, that album cover yeah yeah, they couldn't think of anything else, could they? No. And you were like, yeah, of course. I love it. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> um, Definitely the era where like taste is questionable for every young person. You're just like, it's the shirt they have. I guess I'll wear it. And then you're like, after you're like, uh-oh. There were. <laughs> I was wearing a cow teat. Now, they originally had 12 songs to be on this record. And then they uh, took it to uh, Geffen A&R executive uh, John uh, Kalander. Am I saying that right? Houseman. Kalander? I think it's pronounced Houseman. John Houseman. John Houseman. And uh, this is no good. And he, this, you, you need to get back with Desmond Child. <laughs> and that's what they did. So we didn't get to hear songs like Black Cherry, Ooh. Dime Store Lover, Meltdown, Rocket 88, Wham Bam, and Yo Mama. All sound not really problematic at all. So, you know, well, we, hopefully one day those will be a B-side collection. We'll get there of uh, not problematic box set. Yeah. Um, the Aerosmith puts out to yeah. pay for Joe Perry's uh, mustache waxing. <laughs> um, and they also had uh, another song. Deuces Are Wild was apparently recorded around this time, too. And that was uh, down the road used. I believe that was a, a greatest hits collection. And that was the song that they they put on that. But in ni- so 1993. They took four years off, man. They toured the hell out of this record. They, they saw Metallica and they're like, you know what? Let's do that. 100%. This was the Metallica method that a lot of those bands did at this at, at this time. Throw your lives away. Yeah. And like, you know, burn all of your personal connections. Yes. And that's exactly what they did because they didn't release another album until 1997. March 18th. Oh, and the world gave a standing ovation when this one came out and they came back. Oh, the world was like, thank God, Aerosmith is back because it gave us another track that we would not have 108.9 The Hawk without. Yeah. Pink. I think I should put in some harmonica. So much harmonica in these oh. last couple albums. Also, like, 
Oh, oh, they're so honking much. on that bobo. This so bobo much. is honked on <laughs> way too much in the next few records. Um, yeah. But God, why why wasn't this song more of a hit? I'll say I was shocked this one was on this. I actually like remember that. And I was like, oh, that was a big <laughs> single, I think. Right? That was a decent. I mean, on rock, yeah. uh, on rock radio. And then Hole in My Soul was another one I remember uh, playing on the radio a little bit. Um, yeah, that that progression is very yeah. Zeppelin and Beatles merged. And I rem- and you know around this period, I think so. You know, in this time. But not on this record. They recorded, um, you know. I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, that uh, you know. I mean, Taste of India feels a a little late to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, Other songs on this. um, Ain't that a bitch? Ain't that a bitch? (laughs) Attitude. The farm is a weird song. Yeah, this it's like is, a weird downtrodden song about going back to the farm or something. Looks like they did re-release it down the road, and they attached "Don't I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" to it, written by uh, I Don't Want to Close Diane Warren to a giant meteor. Do you think that like that recording session, like Diane Warren's there, like and, sh- and she's like, "You guys are doing you great," and Steven Tyler's like, "Is there any way I can put some Bobo on this?" I got my mouth harp right here. Like, no, no, no. no like, Steven. yeah, yeah. Re- uh, record a track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll definitely, Let's, we'll try mixing it in later. W- look, look, look. Okay. Okay, Steven, we will put harmonica on here if Tom says yes. Tom, what do you think? We're going to take that as a no, Steven. I'm very sorry. sorry I'm very sorry. That's nine Is lives. the line, don't want to miss you badly? In what? I don't want to miss you badly. <laughs> I think it's I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Did you always think it was miss you badly? Yes. Well, it's not. I don't want to miss, miss you, you badly. <laughs> like Steven, Steven. Did you <laughs> did you just fuck that up to make us re-record it and maybe put some harmonica on it? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I I didn't own this record. Um, I think I only no. listened to it because the college radio station I was working at had a copy. But you yeah, could I can get- remember the original cover, but from BMJ or BMG or whatever, like, you know, like being mm-hmm. you could order it. That's the only reason I think I am aware of this record, really. Yeah. And Joey Kramer had to like pop out of this record because he was suffering from uh, depression. Yeah. So on some of the tracks, uh, Steve Ferroni, the great, great Steve Ferroni, who uh, uh, took over for Stan Lynch in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, one of the best drummers around, uh, did some of the say tracks. Lynch Mob, but okay. From, uh, from George Lynch's Lynch Mob. They're like, you got my same Miles name. George Lynch. Stan Lynch, Lynch mob. <laughs> it's too many lynches. <laughs> there, uh, you could not get, you could not go anywhere in '97, especially like the summer of '97. If you're at the beach, if you're walking around Myrtle Beach, <laughs> which everybody did, everybody oh, yeah. can relate to this clearly. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. God, you pink was everywhere. 
It, would, it was I, like it was. It, it felt was like I was being attacked. America's new obsession. It, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was close to just being the new national anthem. The fuck are we thinking? Sometimes America. That's my biggest problem with America. I have no other problems. You know what I say? Love it or leave it. Except for. <laughs> it was also their longest album. 63 minutes of this, Jeff. They just lost it, man. They lost the narrative thread. Like, 63 it's just, it's insane. minutes. It's insane. Oh, my God. Okay, so the next record after this. Just, pu- just push play. Which I'm just gonna play a little bit of it because it um it, it it what were they thinking? Here, just push play. Listen to these drums. They're trip hopping. It's two thousand. It's even a little bit past the course for that. Yes. They're trying to be modern like they did before, but they're doing trip hop, which little did Aerosmith know. One of my least, again, on my list of like don't loves is that standard trip hop drum beat. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. (laughs) So now Aerosmith is going from doing that to trip hop. Hey, guys. I heard of these brothers called the Chemical Brothers. (laughs) Already, Portishead is like, we're going to stop doing the trip hop yeah. beat. We're going to move on, and three is going to be an amazing record that kind of sounds like Silver Apples. Uh, but yeah, uh, no. Aerosmith was like, let's do an album cover that looks like a Duran Duran cover. And it does. Let's it it, get it, it specifically in. looks like a 2000s. Yeah. Duran Duran. Soriyama. Like what, um, like Barbarella or like what was the, I can't remember which record. With a Marilyn Monroe reference and you're like, we, you are just, everything is so out of touch in the craziest way possible. But now that we've shat you all love, over it. Yeah, the, now Jason talks about his one true love. Jaded fucking rules. I'm sorry. This song is it's the best thing they did in that period. Hands down. It's a power pop riff that's tricking you into liking but it. But oh come on, just the chorus. We'll slip into the come on, he's saying baby blue, so he clearly means bad finger, right? He does. He right? definitely does. He's They're talking right, about guys. Badfinger. Right, guys? Right? <laughs> I, I do like gonna, that song, though. I really yeah, do like that song. you're going to be alone and you're jaded. I love yeah, that I you know, love I it. I know. I know. I know. Guys, we're here. We're nearing the end of this Aerosmith episode, which you're probably happy about. I know I am, but we can't get through it without talking about the greatest Aerosmith record. When it all came together. When the sound... <laughs> Finally gelled for Steven 2004, Tyler. my favorite era. <laughs> We're talking about the period when the Bobo was honked. Honking on Bobo released on March 30th, 2004. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up. Let's go see the elephant. We're on the road.
but you gotta you gotta admit jeff you gotta <laughs> watch me not but go on <laughs> them doing the blues i love this record when it came out the, them doing the blues like this is more like aerosmith than just push play or or nine is that lives. what i have to admit that this is closer to aerosmith this is closer back them to the copying <laughs> songs from the 40s and 50s hey but everyone was doing it. clapton did it at this point in time the the, the oh, right, you're right. later if clapton did, clapton did it. no 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 if clapton did everybody's it everybody's favorite unproblematic guitarist Nothing's eric clapton wrong with clapton I I could not get through. The, I tried. I couldn't even get through the whole album of trying to give it its proper due. Do you know I know something very crazy about this too? The Japanese edition of this record also included little... Jaded. Oh my god! Why? So you're here like, like Whoa, throw throw it it on it. and then they throw Jaded on it uh, just for that. Uh, uh, did you get a copy of this with the little miniature uh, Bobo, the little miniature harmonica? I did not. I got a radio. Yeah. I was working in radio at this All time. Right. I will also say I, I do really like their cover of uh, Fleetwood Mac's uh, Stop Messing Around. From the, uh, there you go. Can I play harmonica in this one? This was basically the record they gave to him to shut him the fuck up about the harmonica. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, it'll did. be the cover too. What do you think, Tom? Okay. Oh, and it was the first word he had spoken in their entire career. <laughs> um, they released another record. It was their fine. It's their as of right now, their final studio record uh, was released on November 6, twenty twelve. I'm not going to play anything from it because it's absolute garbage. Uh, it was called <laughs> "Music from Another Dimension." I did not go to that dimension at all. You. Uh, you, uh, you gave you, me a pass and I took it. Yeah, you uh, you you really. Uh, the one good thing I will say about the record, though, is uh, Jack Douglas was brought back in to work on it. Um, it didn't really help. Um, it is their longest studio album of 68 minutes, 67, 59 seconds. And I can't play you a single song that I was like, that's good. Um, (laughs) since then they've, you know, off and on they'll tour. There's always been rumors that they are breaking up. Steven Tyler did a, uh, country record. Joe Perry joined the Hollywood vampires with our favorite slide guitarist, Johnny Depp, Uh, uh, with Alice Cooper. And, um, you know, and then they've been doing this residency in, uh, Las Vegas, and that's been going off and on. I think it's canceled at the moment. Who knows if it's going to come back? It was canceled for health reasons, but that um, Steven Tyler stuff kind of broke around that same time. The you know stuff that really had been known since the 90s, guys, or whenever he wrote that book, I think <laughs> yeah. early 2000s. Um, yeah, what an interesting career. I will say, I, you know, I hold my version of Aerosmith as a child who didn't know all of the dirtbag stuff um, as an 11 year old who got so excited anytime he heard uh, what it takes on the radio or, and, or any of that stuff. Uh, or as a child that was like, dude looks like a lady. There's something wrong, right? <laughs> like this is not a good song. Like it's, it's mean, right? It's like, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's what a difficult ride. Yeah. 
I mean, Godspeed to you. Uh, I continue. I hated I, I, listening to all of this. Oh, good. I'm glad I that did. even a band you do love, yeah. you had to hate listening I to I wanted all of to it. admit that to you because I, I fucking hated this. Um, yeah. I, I've uh, been going through a lot lately, guys. I don't know yeah. if, if the listener knows. I'm sure they probably do, but I, I lost my. Uh, my dog of 18 years uh a few weeks ago and um you know that's that's put me in some different you know mindsets and i will say that uh listening to the aerosmith discography <laughs> was not the salve you uh, were hoping it would be <laughs> it certainly it certainly was not it wasn't Look, the I, balm I, I had wished for yeah I love listening to things and going on deep dives to reevaluate like either things I loved and see if I even like them anymore and figure out why I don't like them. And for things I don't like to sometimes listen to, to just verify why I don't like it. Right. And, uh, I think I got a lot of verification that I'm not wrong for myself and sticking with like, I'm good Yeah. with Aerosmith. There's so much music in the world. Like, and that I'm just like, I'm all right. It's, like I bet you, the Beatles. I will find a lot more. There will be a lot more bands. Oh, I guarantee like they, it. Yeah, there will be another band that comes up that maybe uh, just doesn't ever click with me. But like, I think the combination of like a strong distaste I had as a kid combined with the love of my life's distaste for this band right. ain't gonna mean that I'm gonna be listening too much to Harris' posts. I think. I think. Uh, here are the ones that I can name that I think that you will find something interesting and su- surprise yourself and be like, okay, I like like we did with Queen. I, I really do think when we do the Sammy Hagar solo uh, um, episode, I'm, I'm joking. Um, I do I think, think that would be the numero uno. <laughs> yeah, no, I do think that uh, we still have to do Sammy, ha- Sammy Halen too. Yeah. We do have to cover Sammy Halen and that might be a shocker for you. Might be. That's going to be a short record. I mean, that's going to be a short episode. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested. Yeah. Maybe we should do that next. But I, I do. I, I'm really interested in your uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I think there's going to be something there well. for you. Finally be able to do a deep dive. Um, are we going to do a Neil Young one? I don't know because I've already I've delved so deep, but I don't know if you have. I would love to. There's like I love Neil Young so much. And they're also big like sections of albums I maybe mm-hmm. have never completely listened to. Right. And there's so many phases of Neil. And that one can be broken up. And that's the things we can do on our Patreon when it comes out. And that's people. the thing, guys. It all comes back to the Patreon. Um, yeah, so there's so that's uh, Hawk Rock Talk Aerosmith. Uh, of course, we just mentioned the Patreon um, when this episode is out. That's when you're going to know um, we are launching a 108.9 The Hawk Patreon May 1st, 2023, and it's going to have a lot more Hawk Rock Talks. It is going to have, um, you know, uh, you know, we'll still be putting up some weird one offs on the on the regular feed from time to time, too. And some of the stuff from the Patreon will down the road go on the free feed. But a lot of stuff's going to stay exclusive, too. Like, yeah. also, you're going to get the episode of 108.9 The Hawk a week early. Than yes. any of. So if we have a big guest coming up, you're going to hear it sooner than anyone else. 
yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, and here is the promise we can give to you. The more of you... the promise we can give, we can to, give you. to you. The more of you that sign up for our Patreon when we, when we start this Patreon... Oh, 100%. The less stuff... We will put to the main. Yes, feed. the more we'll we'll start taking things away. No, no, it's the exact opposite of that. The more people that, but are, the more stuff I think that will maybe stick only on the Patreon. Yeah, will be slightly determined by how many people. One hundred percent. Like we we have so many plans and so many things that we want to do um, with one hundred eight point nine, the Hawk, and with you know, and for you, the listener who's been with us for uh, you know a year and a half now. With all of our crazy classic rock radio and classic rock nonsense, like we want to make the Patreon something extremely cool for you. So like we're going to start doing something called Channel Hawk where we review, you know, like those review videos that you see on YouTube where people get to experience Bohemian Rhapsody for the very first time. We will be watching them and critiquing like the damn Yankees high enough video or yeah. you know and it'll be our our, our screen grabs are going to be super clickbaity so like clickbait. they are going to be like not anything close to what we're saying it's the, but this, that makes you go wow they are dicks so for <laughs> or or like they're real monsters like so for high enough maybe we say wow ted nugent is good yeah Jason and Jeff's dicks fall off reacting <laughs> to damn Yankees. And it'll be just a picture of us uh, going like, like where? And um, it will be a neon background. Yes. And this stuff will hit our YouTube, but you'll get access to it first on the Hawk Patreon. Art Spart Monster Hunter. Talk to the Hawk. Album poll. Hawk rock commentary. We may like, maybe we'll sit down and watch something like the kids are all right by the who and give you a, a starting point. I've never done a single commentary track. Uh, oh, Jeff does fun. it a lot for uh, yeah. Canon Canon. So these are the things we want to do with the uh, Hawk Patreon and Hawk Rock Talk being a very, Don't you very want big us part to of do a, a commentary to the stars we are stars benefit song that Ronnie oh, James Dio helmed. Beautiful. I want to. <laughs> What's the, uh, um, it might, it might be loud. Oh, it, it, it might get loud. It yes. <laughs> you don't want to hear us yelling <laughs> over the edge playing just like one note. Right. And then being like, and then I do, then my guitar check. And Jimmy this. Page just like looks oh on, just like, oh, like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then us laughing at Jimmy yeah. Page hiding his yeah. guitar. He's not going like, to show them how yeah, to play cashmere. I'll show cashmere. you how cashmere works. Yeah. Whoops. And then uh, Jack White walks in. He's like, I just changed a, uh, I made a guitar out of a shovel. It sounds like shit. (laughs) And the two of them are like, cool. And we're going to have three levels. And I'm just going to tell you the names of the three levels to get you excited. I'm not going to tell you the cost yet. We'll tell you more about that coming up. But the first level is called Get the Funk Out. The second level is called Just Like, sorry, the second level is called Red Rocker. The third level is called Just Like Living in Paradise. And if we get to something, if there is a fourth level, it's going to be called I Don't Feel Tardy. 
Because we're idiots. In honor and respect. <laughs> because we're idiots. It's for idiots who like to ruin our lives. Oh, speaking of, uh, well, I mean, we did it. We just listened to a shitload of Aerosmith. I think yeah, we did. Yeah, I think it's. I think we did it. And oh, I think it's time to get back to our lives. Goodbye. Uh, hey, thank you so much for listening. Um, and so much more to come. Uh, some great episodes of 108.9 The Hawk are on the way with some insanely good guests. And uh, yeah, just keep, you know, thank you so much for supporting us. That's all we got to say. Keep on supporting in the free world. Um, Tom Hamilton, anything? Wow, thought so. All right.